Welcome to the first episode of Adelan Rising Podcast, your premier source for anything and everything in humans. I'm Saren, and these are my co-hosts, Doc and Adam. Hi, I'm Doc. You guys might know me from my Tumblr, um, Inhumans Forever, at InhumansForever at Tumblr.com. Um, and this is Adam. Hi, yeah, I'm Adam. Uh, I'm from the UK, as you may have guessed, and uh, Southwest UK, if anyone's interested. I live in the middle of nowhere, so nothing happens anyway and uh yeah welcome to the show all right so i guess uh adam's our tech guy and uh (laughs) not giving yourself enough credit there um but i guess we should uh start off with a little bit of uh why we're here because we all love comics and uh so how do you guys get into comics well, I've been reading comics for as long as I can recall. It's how I learned to read, and uh, the love and interest in the medium has never faded. Um, Big-time fan of the X-Men and Batman, and then somewhere in there I discovered the Inhumans, and I never looked back. So what was your, what was your first comic book, then, if you learned to read on them? <laughs> well, I don't want to exactly show my age, but um, the <laughs> first comic I recall reading would be um, I'm not exactly sure the number but it was the 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 issue of Uncanny X-Men where Jean Grey died for the first time where they were on the moon and they had to fight all these people and in the end the Phoenix died and it was very sad Oh was that um, was that the end of was that kind of like the beginning of the Dark Phoenix saga sorry it was the end of the Phoenix saga, actually. Um, okay. And then I went back and found the rest. So I started at the end, and uh, um, it was you uh, read it Chris Clint and John Byrne, and it was fantastic. It really um, sparked my imagination. That's cool. That's cool. Um, so, I mean, I got into comic books through um, basically the Avengers movie and the Marvel cinema- Cinematic Universe, really. Um I first went and saw Iron Man 2 in the cinemas and then when The Avengers was coming out in I think it was March, April 2012 I think I ended up I went and bought uh, Avengers Assemble which was um, written That's by That's a great run Yeah, I mean the, the yeah. first eight issues was written by uh, Bendis I think um, and yeah, it just sort of spiralled out of control and now I've got a room that's full of comics <laughs> I'm just looking around my room and kind of thinking, well, I've got a lot of stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah, Adam, my my intro to comics was very similar to yours, except it was far more recent. While I had been a fan of the movies, um, I actually didn't see uh, Captain America the Winter Soldier till last year after I had seen Age of Ultron. Okay. And uh, I became a bit obsessed with that movie and The Black Widow. Yeah. And I discovered Phil Noto's run of Black Widow, and it was all over from there. I just... Oh wow! Downhill from there, and uh, I eventually stumbled my way through till I found Charles Soule's in Human Run, and they've become my favorite. Yeah, so I mean, how did how did we all get into Inhumans? I suppose I mean, that's kind of that's kind of the big thing, um, you know, because we've said we've, how we all got into comic books, but how did we all pick up the Inhumans? The Inhumans came to me. Um, there was um, a Marvel graphic novel that was. Um, uh, written by Anne Nocente with art by Brent Blevins. They reissued it under the title By Right of Birth. But I came across that um, in a used bookstore, and it absolutely blew my mind. I never 
quite it was the first time that I saw um, real social and political issues infused into the science fiction realm of this, of, of this comic book world. Uh, they were dealing with issues of um, productive rights and, and abortion and all these things that I knew were important in the real world, but somehow it became more palatable and digestible in this comic book form, and um, I was hooked on the Inhumans ever since. Yeah, I think they... They they kind of have been a kind of uh, an outlet for Marvel for more political, social kind of issues as opposed to many other characters, haven't they? Really, because of the nature of kind of who they are. There are they the Inhumans come from a very flawed society. Yeah, uh, they had they had slaves. They practiced eugenics. They got a caste system. It's Speaking all of quite... those, to interrupt you, I don't think many people realize that because in the most recent runs of the Inhumans, you they the Alpha Primitives and the um, the caste system hasn't really been discussed, hmm. and you have all these new humans showing up, and that's just I think that's interesting. I wonder if they're going to go into that later. Well, I, I think they have been, but in a, in a, a little more uh, covert fashion. Um, in, in um, for instance, in the most recent, last story arc of um, all new and humans. That's um, true. They visited Udalan, which at first seemed like this idyllic, almost a utopian society, but then it turned out that there was a lot of. Uh, tough stuff going on behind the scenes. Um, stuff that very much paralleled what happened in Adelan prior to Adelan blowing up and having to be recreated as new Adelan. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Saren, how did you get into the Inhuman books? Well, it started off because, uh, as I mentioned earlier, I said I kind of stumble bummed my way into Charles. I don't even know what my... my process was going from black widow to inhumans because they're <laughs> it's quite quite a big jump isn't it <laughs> i would say so um but somehow i wound up reading charles uh souls run on inhuman and uh i was like oh this is really good stuff and i wanted to know more about them and um so i way backtracked and tried to find um the earliest ones that i could find yeah um and the one that, I mean, Charles Soule really got me into it, but the the book that got me hooked on them was Inhuman by Paul Jenkins and uh, Jay Lee. I thought that that was such a great issue or, you know, set of issues. I mean, it was just amazing. The artwork was great. It's just, oh, if you're going to read it, you got to read it. It's, it's a, a, a seminal text. Yeah. You I have mean, to read it. I mean, for me, it was kind of, it was literally that Charles Soule, uh, Soule um, however you say his name, you step on it every day. Um, it was his, it was his run on those books that kind of got me into Inhumans and hooked on them as well. So, yeah, it was like you, Saren, really. But um, I didn't really get into the back sort of catalogue until recently, which is mainly because I got my first job and got my first paycheck, and I pretty much blew it on comic books. <laughs> blew it all on comics. <laughs> yeah. Well, so. at least it wasn't drugs, right? Well, yeah, exactly. But um, and and Spend half of them, on. half of them, are still. Uh, need to read but yeah i mean in humans was brilliant Youngins. uncanny in humans has been amazing uh in fact all new actually has probably been my favorite of the most recent books i agree um, uh in humanity was also really good uh 
But uh, but yeah, I mean that's that's, that's us, I suppose. <laughs> that is us in a nutshell. It's been a strange process for me because I I mean I'm not trying to crow or anything, but I've been into the humans for a long time, longer, uh, much before this big push at Marvel to make them, you know, bring them into the center stage and make them more prominent. So it's been interesting to uh, to be a fan of this sort of fringe aspect of the Marvel Universe and then see it thrust into the limelight. And, you know, for better or worse. Um, but I, like you guys, have greatly enjoyed... Um, soul has been doing with uh, along with um james asmus and all the artists who have worked on the books and i actually actually have to give you some credit doc because in my search for um because you know when i jump into something i jump in feet first and become a bit obsessed yeah. your uh, website was actually the only place on the internet that i could really find any fans of the inhumans and um there is a thread over on cbr but really those are the only two places so we are a pretty small community but hopefully we're growing hopefully but um uh you know the the, the actual books themselves while they've been selling well unfortunately all news has been cancelled isn't it so yeah bit of, bit of a shame, i'm bitter but, about that yeah. i'm actually quite bitter about that I, I, I'm I not even too. gonna hide that how bitter I am, but I'm bitter. And, we uh, won't talk about that. Yeah, I mean, I, I've I've only just finished reading issue. Uh, what, what issue did I say I finished reading? Issue nine, because my subscriptions come through incredibly oddly, and I get them maybe twice a month. Um, so yeah, I've only just finished issue nine, which was brilliant. Uh, waiting for issue ten, which will probably be with me in the next couple of weeks. Um, and you're in for a treat. Yeah. You are. So, so unfortunately, if I if I carry on with my current subscription, I'm going to be a little bit behind recording these. So I'm probably going to have to to buy the books separately. But um, which isn't it isn't an issue. It's just uh, just got a budget. Write down all my uh, ins and outs of the financial stuff. <laughs> Fun times. So for those of you out there who aren't hugely familiar with the Inhumans, they are this group of characters from Marvel Comics that are really quite odd and not the, as your standard issue uh, traditional superheroes. Um, originally, they came from this uh, isolated city that was that no one knew about, and they were um, the products of aliens who had come to Earth to experiment on humans, and they created hybrids that were half alien half human and uh, they transformed when they were exposed to pterogen mist uh, which is a made up element that uh, creates mutagenic change um, everyone got a different power from this uh, from this mist uh, sometimes you got a really great power and you ended up looking really cool sometimes you ended up with a really bad power or an unfortunate power and ended up looking quite freakish like uh, hover, roll the okay. dice so, um, so just just uh, just to add on to that, um, a lot of people I feel uh, kind of might see an awful lot of similarities between, let's say, the humans and the X Men. What makes them different, I suppose, which is it, it's going to be the the and Mists ultimately, and it's kind of they are born. Well, with... the thing that I go ahead, sorry. Sorry, I was going to say they're, they're born with, um, you know, as an inhuman. But it takes the pterogenesis to actually reveal their power, whereas uh, a mutant is slightly different in that it, they have to wait until puberty, essentially, to 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 get their power. But yeah, I think that that's that's kind of the core difference between the two. 
Right, but also as an inhuman, the, especially with the uh, most recent issues they're finding with the Terrigen bomb, is that you can be any age, and um, those those genes can be dormant in you. I mean, recently um, you've got Frank McGee, who was a New York detective. He's my favorite. I love Frank, and um, he's in his what mid to late forties, and he yeah. became an inhuman. And most recently, in the most recent Spider Woman issue, you had uh, Doris Dre, who uh, has to be in her. 80s at 60s least. or 70s. Oh, I would say she's in her 80s at least. She's a little lady in the middle of nowhere who uh, happened to be an inhuman and went under uh, underwent terogenesis too. So that's another difference as well. Yeah, I mean uh, there was um, there was that guy in Uncanny Avengers, wasn't there? Uh, what was he? The Shredded Man. Um, yep. Which was uh, an interesting run on Uncanny Avengers, I must say, but uh, um, it's it's not directly. <laughs> Not directly to do with this, this this episode, but so we won't go into those. Um, but yeah, right. It's... So you basically have two different kinds of Inhumans. You have the original Inhumans who came from Adalan, um, and then you had the latent Inhumans or new humans who whose transformation were triggered by exposure to this Terrigen cloud that has been floating all over the globe. Yeah, I think we should uh, we should just go back to where the Terrigen bo- uh, the cloud came from. Um, which was from the Infinity Run back in... When did that come out? Was that 2013? I think so. 2013? Was it 2012? I'm not sure. I think it was 2013, actually. Um, in which uh, Thanos went to Atalan, and he was trying to find his inhuman son, and uh, Black Bolt basically told him to leave quietly, or, uh, <laughs> or he would explode the city, and he ended up exploding the city. Um which is quite an interesting topic in itself, which I'm sure we're going to go into at a later date, because there's a lot of stuff that happened in that Inhuman story, uh, in, uh, Infinity story, which, uh, yeah, I think we'll go for it at a later date, to be honest with you. Probably for the yeah, best. that was <laughs> in and of itself. It's, it's a, yeah, it's a big thing. Right, well, so with, with, the, with the Terrigen bomb exploding, it's been this a new narrative where, you know, there's all these new Inhumans popping up all over the Marvel Universe uh, with characters including, you know, Miss Marvel and Moon Girl. The uh, soon-to-be-released Mosaic comic focuses on a new Inhuman. Um, but then you also have your core Inhumans like Black Bolt and Medusa who are starring in the books as well. And... Um, it's quite interesting. And the Corrin humans are generally referred to as the royal family because they're all pretty much related to each other somehow, which is very, very actually medieval concept, which is yeah, another... Yeah, I mean, it's very much your stereotypical royal family in which the, in, in the, um, they're all sort of, I suppose they're all interrelated, I suppose. Um, okay. But it's a very old-fashioned kind of royal family in, in actuality. It is. So anyway, uh, but yes, the um, the king of the Inhumans. Or, or this this was a question I had for you guys. They say he's the king of the Inhumans, but now with um, sort of uh, the the new uh, the new Inhuman sort of cities, colonies, whatever you want to call them, would you say he's the king of all Inhumans, or just the ones from New Atalan? Or <clears throat> I'd say he's not the king at all. He's been. Well, that's what I'd say well, too. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good point. Very good point. Um, the former king. Former Black king. Bolt is the former king of the Inhumans. Yeah, he's, he's, he's still my king. 
<laughs> That's the spirit. Yeah, but um, yeah. So I mean, he's got. Uh, he's uh, what I've written down is literally he's the man who can crack a planet with his voice, um, and he has like um, some weird ability where he can sort of like uh, electron harnessing. I think it is. It's something really weird, which is basically powered by the speech centers of his brain. So when he and talks, that's why he's got a little tuning fork on his head. Yeah, that's like the little yeah. So basically, when he talks, it kind of that's I assume that's what cracks the planet really. Is that uh, why Lockjaw has one too? It's uh, sort of just a regular old gif. What it means, but uh, it's uh, a symbol that is uh, recurrent in in uh, among Adelan. Yeah, they all seem to wear tiaras. They love the tiara. Yeah. So. so does that make Luke Cage an inhuman? No, no, it doesn't. But... <laughs> if only. Um, so yeah, I mean, Black Bolt, he, he, he has a voice that can crack a planet, which has meant that he has to uh, essentially make be silent all of the time. He can't even sort of snore or make a make a noise whilst he sleeps. Um, and, and he's he's trained himself to, to do that and actually be silent all the time, which is incredible. I mean, I'd like to see people do that <laughs> um, but fairly recently he um, he hasn't actually been in many books recently has he I mean he was in, in he was in Infinity but he's kind of been dotted around it's not been so yeah it hasn't focused. been a main like character that's no, been a lot of the focus has been going on to Medusa yeah, I mean, he's, he's... Well, he, he played a central role in Jonathan Hickman's run on New Avengers, where he was a member of the Illuminati, and they all worked together to try and That's stop right. the incursion of alternate realities that ultimately led up to the Secret Wars event. Yeah, um, that's very true. And then during Secret Wars, he was—they um, introduced the Quiet Room in its Grand Central Station, isn't it? Um, and uh, they've kind of introduced him as some sort of. Uh, um, Basically, <laughs> yeah, basically a barkeeper. Um, right. When you when you're a king and you lose your crown, what do you do next? You open a bar. Right? Yeah, <laughs> but I bet you he's uh, garnered some pretty valuable information from that little uh, bar down there. Oh, absolutely. I, bet... I mean, I mean, they've, they've, he's, he's oh, been involved in um, uh, in in uncanny and humans at the moment, and it was kind of showing him being able to barter basically freedom of speech and that sort of stuff within his bar. And keeping yeah, the wrong it's like people a neutral out. zone. Yeah, and keeping people out, and uh, and yeah, he's been doing a good job of that. But yeah, I'll let you guys talk about the characters you sort of uh, looked into. Um, um, <clears throat> now, Black Bolt's estranged wife uh, is Medusa, who is the current queen and leader of the Inhumans. Uh, she's got a very cool power. Uh, she has these bounteous locks of red hair that she can control with her mind, often a very visually striking superpower. Uh, this prehensile hair is super strong, and she can control it with the utmost of dexterity. Um, just uh, grabbing things and to, it always sort of flows with her attitude as well uh, along with leading the Inhumans Medusa is additionally a member of the all women Avengers squad known as A-Force excellent book by the way you should be reading it that was one of those very highly books. recommended yeah I haven't I haven't got that book yet I, I kept meaning to but um, there's there's a question I was going to ask you about Medusa actually do you think uh, that she has got the um, you know is she a stereotypical redhead <laughs> I think that's long. I I don't know what what that entails. Uh, No, I I don't think she is at all. See, see, they. I think it belongs more to Crystal. 
They say redheads are very hot-headed. I mean, I'm I'm ginger myself, so yeah. It's, it's just... No, I, I think she's actually much more pragmatic than than hot hot tempered. Um, yeah. She she didn't want to lead. She's had the crown kind of uh, hoisted on her, and she she assumed that Black Bolt was dead after uh, Infinity, and um, from the ashes she um, created New Adelan and 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 people came, uh, turned to her as queen sort of by proxy um, yeah. and she's done her best to um, uh, to lead and to uh, keep her people safe and that's taken a lot of uh, political negotiation so to speak and I think in the book she's definitely done a very very good job oh, I um, think she's done an excellent job uh, other yeah. than other than my massive issue which you guys I think I've, I've spoken to you guys before about it my mas- massive issue with the Civil, two, the Civil War 2 storyline but again yes. we'll talk about that later on <laughs> Uh, but in, in, in maybe another episode. But um, yeah, no, she's she's a pretty cool character. Let's say. No, I mean she's she's hoity for sure. I mean she grew oh, yeah. up as royalty and she's uh, known a lot of privilege, so she expects respect and uh, doesn't really um, take too kindly when people insult her. I think that goes back to um, kind of the idea of a, a an old-fashioned royal family, though, doesn't it? Because she kind of rules and she's queen, whereas in most modern, um, like the UK, for instance, the queen doesn't rule anymore and hasn't ruled, you know, the royalty hasn't ruled for about 400 years, but it's definitely grasped the whole um, sort of classic idea of a royal family, I think, and she's definitely... Whoever, well, whoever's writing the, her anyway has definitely taken her on and actually made her quite a, quite an independent, independent, strong woman, which is what you need in comics. There you go. That's what you need anywhere, really. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Adeline wasn't a traditional monarchy. There was it was like a two a two party system originally, where you had the monarchy that ruled and protected, but then you also had the genetic council that uh, were sort of um, the secretaries of the interior, and they determined, you know, customs and cultures and who was and was not allowed to get married. Since the fall of old Adelan, the uh, genetic council has been missing in action, and they haven't been reformed, so new Adelan is controlled strictly through the monarchy. Which um, doesn't the genetic council go back to kind of like eugenics again and that kind of stuff? It's it's very yep. much, you know, you you must marry this person because his genes are pretty awesome, or, or you mustn't marry this person because his his yeah. you know his terogeni- yep. his, his ability after terogenesis was just stupid, you know. <laughs> and you saw some some a similar um, you saw a similar system uh, in action in uh, Udaland too recently in All New Inhumans, which was very interesting. Yeah, no, that was that was quite a quite a good storyline I thought, and I quite like the idea that they're actually touching on this eugenic stuff again. But, um, but yeah, let's, let's quickly note that eugenics is a junk science; it doesn't work, and it's only been used for evil in real life history. In comic books and science fiction, it can be a fun theme. But as long as we keep in mind that it is BS. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. That's, but um... That's the one with the doctorate. <laughs> I believe you. So. Oh, okay. so I guess moving on to more uh, inhuman after that very interesting tangent, moving on to uh, <laughs> Sorry, some yeah. royal... Oh, no, it was very interesting. Uh, I guess uh, another uh, royal inhuman to keep an eye out for 
is Medusa's sister, Crystal. Um, she's probably, arguably, one of the most powerful Inhumans um, out there. She can control the four elements and any combination thereof. So she wanted to, like, take a stone and turn it to mud. She could. Um, and uh, she's um, Crystal has actually probably the most well-traveled um of the royal family she's been a member of the fantastic four and an avenger and um because of her familiarity familiarity with uh, human culture uh, crystal uh was made ambassador of new adelan and she pilots the uh, riv the royal inhuman vessel around the world um following the terrigen cloud and offering sanctuary to any new inhumans and if you want to talk about um typical redheads um, <laughs> Crystal is probably more of your typical redhead. She's she's got definitely got a bit more of a temper than Medusa does, and is a bit more impulsive. Um, recently, she's uh, in all new Inhumans. You can see that um, she's actually grown up quite a bit and has taken this responsibility. Although she clearly does not seem to enjoy it. Yeah, yeah and she's also had the most tumultuous love life of any Inhuman. Oh, I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I don't like about Crystal, poor Crystal, she's like the bicycle in the Marvel Universe. I feel so bad for her. No, we wouldn't say that about Daredevil oh, or God. Johnny Storm. Yes, she's had a lot of interesting. I would totally say that about affair. both of them. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, sorry, okay. that, that, that term is, is probably going to go as like a subtitle of this episode. Crystal is the bicycle <laughs> of the Marvel Universe. That, that was brilliant. <laughs> Crystal has had in, an interesting romantic life. She Crystal, she dated uh, Johnny Storm, the Human Torch, for a long time. That's what ultimately led her to be a member of the Fantastic Four. Then she married Quicksilver, the and that sometimes just, Avenger, sometimes X Men. Disaster! X-Men. That was disaster. That whole relationship was a disaster. Did, did they not have a kid? They had a they had a kid. They had Luna, yeah. who is more than worthwhile for their. Uh, Bad marriage. Uh, they got a very good kid out of it. Um, who, who, then she was married again to yes. Ronan the Exorcist. Uh, a political marriage yeah. meant to cement a uh, a, tr- a truce between the Cree and the Inhumans. Uh, but that didn't last long. No, but I think that was one of Crystal's healthiest relationships she ever had. She also had yeah, with uh, up being a pretty Whitman. stand-up guy. It was sad when they were forced to separate. It was. Was that 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 was um that was was that War of Kings, Realm of Kings? Both. Yeah. Started actually but it ended in uh during uh Hickman's run on Fantastic Four or FF. Okay. Yeah, so I, I think the next one to the next person to talk about is uh, is Karnak. Um who's had a who's had a recent ongoing Marvel comics which has been had delay after delay after delay, but Karnak is a, is, a, is a funny one because he's never actually been through Terragenesis because I think his his brother's Triton and uh, he became green and scaly and they didn't want to put him through that. Um, and he has this like, poor Triton. He has this kind of this innate ability to locate a weakness in in literally anything. So you know he could punch uh, an object and it would shatter to millions of pieces um, because he's also a skilled sort of martial artist. So he kind of puts these two powers together and essentially can take out anything or anyone um, and he's uh, he's been sort of like he's like I say he's got his own ongoing which unfortunately I haven't actually read yet which apparently I really uh, should it's great if it ever ends if, you know if they ever wrap it up it's going to be a, a terrific yeah. uh, trade paperback to buy yeah. um, I mean I, I did Karnak's see it been it's, one of my favourites 
It's just the fact that I looked at the 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 due dates for not due dates but the ship out dates for the different books and Karnak had issue one like October last year issue two was May this year it kind of reminded me of uh, of the the actual original Inhuman run in itself um, yeah because that had, that had delay, after delay after delay so but um, yeah I mean that's, that's who, who's, who's next up Doc oh uh, we've um, well, I think you know a little more about Karnak first. Uh, the the um, the ongoing series or limited series written by Warren Ellis with art by Aldo Zafino and I forget the name who who took over after that. Um, I can't remember. It's a really neat series because it's it's delved into Karnak's philosophy, and he's got this very strange outlook on the world. It's kind of a combination of Taoism and absolute nihilism. Um, and it's through this that he is able to see the fault in all things um, and, and, and then utilize his uh, kung fu abilities to destroy whatever he wants or uh, and whatnot. Um, see, a very is, cool read. This is exactly why we've got a, uh, a psychiatrist on the show to tell us exactly what the, the mental... <laughs> Sort of right? positioning of a of a character actually is. Um, I would not want Karnak on my couch. I think that <laughs> would make me too depressed. To be honest, I don't think I would want any superhero on a psychiatrist couch. couch no, just, I don't think I would either. Be too long. Too too many people. Dude, all the baggage I... carry. Excuse me. The all the baggage of... all those superheroes carry. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Well, it's it's what drives them, you know. I know, uh, you know, like Peter Parker, his uh, his guilt over his uh, uncle's death is what's kept him uh, fighting crime all these years. Yeah, that's very true. That's very true. But, I guess uh, Batman has the same problem. Yeah, yeah. There you no, go. It's it's, uh, it's it's quite an interesting thing going into you know psychology of, of characters, but um, again, <laughs> potential topic for another episode. <laughs> So uh, yeah, who's are we are we carrying on about Karnak? I mean, do we uh, got any people to add, guys? I've got Gorgon. Okay, Gorgon. Yeah. Yep, he's a uh, Black Bolt's cousin, and he uh, was the captain of the Royal Guard. Um, Gorgon's always been uh, probably the most headstrong and uh, impulsive of the group, even more so than Crystal, who's fairly impulsive herself. Um, and he will often charge into battle without thinking things through. Um, although recently in a Souls uh, Inhuman run, uh, Gorgon was uh, paralyzed um, thanks to Lineage, uh, who is a new human that uh, was in New Adelan. And uh, now Gorgon is con- uh, confined to a wheelchair. And um, he uh, has, despite his um, disability, he has redoubled his efforts and he uh, is training the younger generation of Inhumans um, while still trying to come to terms with uh, his drastic change in lifestyle. So I mean, Gorgon sort of getting into this wheelchair. I did see a lot of. I okay. How do, how do I put this? There was a lot of um, issues that people had with him being in a wheelchair. With you know, because they're they're basically one team of of superheroes, um, and another distinct team of superheroes also had a a mentor character in a wheelchair. But I think that that there's a lot of differences between the two. Oh, absolutely. And I think, I think the, the X-Men don't hold uh, the all claims to the entire um, wheelchair-bound community. 
no, that's very true. I shouldn't laugh about that, but no, it's that's very true. It's kind of it's it's their own challenges, and uh, and I, I I quite like I quite like the the Inhumans approach to it and that sort of stuff. So yeah, sorry, Gorgon sorry has the other tab, not had an easy time of it. No. I don't think. No, I, I really credit uh, Charles Soule and James Asmus for what they've done with Gorgon because he was kind of a one-dimensional character. He was this sort of uh, debauchous satyr. I mean, what, a satyr? Satyr. Half-man, half-goat creature. He could destroy anything by slamming his foot down and creating seismic waves. And it was kind of like, all right, that's him. But then he got paralyzed, and all of a sudden we've really gotten to know him. Yeah, and, it's, kind um, of, it's kind of you take away his main ability, really. And what do you have? You know, you right. just have a man. Essentially, he's not really super. You know, he's not really powered anymore. Um, right. His wheelchair has got a special function that allows him to move around and whatnot. But, uh, um, but mostly, he's had to sublimate through this this tragedy to um, find a new raison d'être, and that has been uh, training the younger generation and finding new Inhumans and helping them to learn to use their powers so that they aren't defenseless in a harsh world. Yeah, Although I think, I think his uh, training methods are a little questionable sometimes because you know he had uh, he had grit on the uh, he had grit on the outside during the Terrigen storm on the plane new <laughs> all new Inhumans <laughs> and it wasn't exactly the safest method of training but I guess it was pretty damn effective I don't know some of the ways he trains these kids I think is pretty funny. See, I, it is I, definitely kicking them into the deep end of the pool and seeing yeah. who can swim. I, I think that that is. Um... I think that to me that's really what makes Inhumans quite unique because you know it's well especially this these books anyway um that they they they're kind of going down a route of let's just do this you know why not let's do it <laughs> um and I I really like that actually it's kind of it's a totally different approach to any other set of characters in my opinion so like you know it's totally different to the Avengers approach to because Avengers usually take on pre-established heroes um, yeah. And I, I think that kind of that kind of method of training and stuff is is quite is quite interesting. Yeah. Now, along with the royal family, we've also got a bunch of uh, new Inhumans. Um, uh, the probably the most um, recognizable, which would be Miss Marvel or Kamala Khan. I hope I'm pronouncing her name correctly. Um, who is one of the first and easily the most popular of the new Inhumans, uh, those who were transformed by way of the Terrigen Bomb. Uh, Miss Marvel has size and shape-changing abilities. Um, she can embiggen a part of her body, like a, her <laughs> hand or a fist, or she can make her whole self giant or shrink down. She can also shape-change, uh, taking on the parents of when she sees. Uh, she was created by uh, Sana uh, Sana. Anna Knott and G. Willow Wilson, along with artist Adrian Alfona. And notably, she's one of the first prominent uh, Marvel heroes who is a who is a Muslim family having immigrated from uh, Pakistan. Uh, series, which is terrific, and I recommend to everyone. She's also a member of one of the Avengers team and is set to be a founding member of the upcoming teen team book, Champions. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I, I think Miss Mar uh, or Ms. Marvel, however, however it's pronounced, I think is is a an absolute, um, ex absolute great example of how to do a character and how to do it well, because 
she's been so widely received and so well received that you know like you said she's gone from basically being you know, something of a not quite an A-list character to being pretty much up there with on the main Avengers team uh, well known in human a well known sort of character just the in herself the reason why that is is because she's so relatable she's basically the next Peter Parker I mean she's yeah. totally a geek she writes fan fiction she ships Avengers and you know it's it's She's, yeah. she's, she's one of us. Not, exactly. That's, that's what I mean. It's kind of it's it's just absolutely a character done right because it's it's kind of picking up on public opinion and public trends really, um, and yet just kind of doing it in the Marvel universe. So yeah, I mean, absolute great character, and I I've actually got the most recent book uh, trade paperback from sort of the 2015 one to six, and then I've got the uh, I've got the original run. From when was it? Twenty fourteen. Um, yeah. I've got that run, and I've got the hardback of that coming. So they actually hinted at um, her appearance at the end of the Kelly Sue DeConnick's uh, last uh, Captain Marvel run. I yes. I was actually just rereading that the other day, and I was like, oh look, there's your hint for Kamala Khan. And I didn't even it didn't even occur to me when I first read through that that that's what that was. And then I was like, oh cool. So and I love how she. Uh, you know, she really looks up to Carol Danvers. I think that's pretty awesome. Yeah. I, I... She first got her powers. She sort of uh, tr- uh, shape changed into Carol Danvers, Captain Marvel, yes. to <laughs> to save one of her friends who was drowning. But then afterwards, she said, "Okay, I'm going to be a superhero, but I'm going to be my own person." Uh, she chose the name Miss Marvel, sort of a, a, a homage to uh, to Carol Danvers. Yeah, that's cool. Right. I, yeah, I, I think that. Absolutely, uh, Kamala Khan is 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 pretty much the character that everybody is now going to identify of, of you know, kind of this this generation, if you know what I mean. So if you're going to get into comics now, I feel that Kamala Khan is going to be one of those characters, like you said, like the new Peter Parker, um, right? And people are just going to be thinking, yeah, this is this is a cool character, and that's nice. It's nice to see. Yeah, yeah. It's, so it's really cool to be witness to. And the, uh, the the writing is just so amazing. Uh, G. Willow G. Willow Wilson has done such a remarkable job with character development, not just for Kamala herself, but the whole extended cast, um, her brother, her parents, her friends. It's just all really well done from top to finish. And and then the art has been great too, yeah. with Adrian yeah. Alfano and uh, I cannot pronounce the the other artist Akashi Mirashawa. Uh, yeah, sorry, it's, it's, but yeah, they do wonderful work, and the pages are so richly detailed with lots of little things that makes rereading it um, a real joy. I will tell you that I will pick up a, a comic book on artwork before I pick it up on the writers, because, I don't know, that's how I kind of stumbled into them. That's part of the reason I picked up Black Widow way back in the day. But uh, No, no, you can't go wrong there. Gotta, artwork is what draws me in, catches my eye first, and then I read the story, and then I'm stuck on it, and that's part of the, <laughs> you know. And when you have both together, you've got so a reader for life. That, that's kind of why I've, I've taken to actually following writers nowadays, as opposed to actual books, because like Charles Saul is an excellent writer, and he usually has excellent um, visuals on it as well. So, <laughs> yeah, just putting that one out there. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's all right. Um, He's also writing um, Daredevil right now. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's that's apparently quite good. And uh, Star Wars books. I I I didn't read the Obi Wan and uh, uh, Anakin Skywalker book, but the 
Odameron book that he's writing with with Phil Noto is lots of fun. Definitely recommended. Okay. Um. So Sorry. speaking of uh, Kamala Khan, she'll be showing up in another uh, new human we've got going on. Her name's Lunella Lafayette, aka Moon Girl, and her book's uh, been written by uh, Brandon Montclair and Amy Reader with art by Natasha Bustos. Uh, and uh, Moon Girl uh, was recently declared the smartest person in the Marvel Universe. Yes, smarter than Reed Richards and Tony Stark. Um, she's only nine years old, and she's from Manhattan in New York City. Um, she's often called Moon Girl by her peers because of her penchant for zoning out in class because she knows more than her teachers. Um, so, she became a... Sorry, just, just a quick question about the, the smart... Because I've, I've seen this, this little debate going. And uh, sorry for the tangent, but um, you say that she's the smartest girl in the Marvel Universe at the moment. Yes, she is. Yep, but, she has been declared officially. But the question is, are, is Reed Richards and Franklin Richards and all those kind of people, are they technically still in the Marvel Universe at the moment? That's a good point. I would say that's, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's fair enough. Sorry. I think that, um, that uh, you know, they are part of the universe and... Um, you know, I'm sure that Val, Val, Valeria Richards and and Lunella could have a serious trivia contest, but um, yeah. well, uh, we're just gonna have to go with the press release, and that says well, that Lunella is the smartest person in the Marvel universe. That's where we're gonna go. At the tender age of nine, and uh, apparently another bit of trivia is she uh, has applied to the Future Foundation. Because speaking of Valeria Richards, uh, she has applied to be a member of the Future Foundations. And she always uh, scores in the top 3%, but they keep declining her for no reason that has been given. Um, so that's really interesting, too. I wonder if they're going to revisit that topic. But um, Nella uh, knows she has the inhuman gene and um, has been quite afraid of it and does not want to become an inhuman because uh, she could change so completely. She could become like Triton for all she knows. She doesn't know, and so she'd really rather not... Um, go through Terragenesis. So she got her hands on a piece of Creed technology called the uh, OmniWave projector. And one day during recess, the projector was activated, opening a portal to the past. And through that portal came the devil dinosaur and the killer folk. And, uh, <laughs> Crazy cavemen. Exactly. And um, chaos ensued. And somehow uh, Luna begrudgingly and however quickly uh, befriended devil dinosaur and the two have been on uh, quite a few misadventures together but even more recently and um, much to Lunella's terror uh, she got caught in the Terrigen cloud and um, underwent Terrigenesis anyway and she's still discovering the extent of her powers um, so far all we know is that she can swap her brain with devil dinosaur <laughs> uh, sw swap her consciousness that's it that's the proper term excuse me yes her consciousness so she can devil dinosaur will take over her body and she will take over devil dinosaur's body so that is such a weird power is it just devil dinosaur as far as so, we know, so far and that's... let me tell you this is where great artists come into play because natasha bustos drew this picture in a recent issue of the De of Lunella as devil dinosaur sitting on a table thinking in deep contemplation and it was hysterical <laughs> <laughs> that has been a wonderful series to read um winner of the glyph award for the yeah. best uh new uh, character of color um books i guess that's a thing um 
And uh, I think that um, Reader and Montclair have done a real wonderful job of, of using pterogenesis as this metaphor for the uh, the, the uh, adolescent process and and how 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 much Lunella has not wanted to give in to sort of the predestination of her genes. She just wants to be herself. Who can blame her? Yeah. No. Exactly. It's. Um... It's quite, it's quite interesting. Again, that's something I haven't personally read, but I do really need to, to you get. You do, it's so fantastic. I've got, I've got so many books on my list to get. but um... Um, This is definitely a book to watch. I think um, it's really going to explode in popularity um, fairly soon, if it hasn't yet, because I think as collected editions go, it's going to... This is just a feeling that I have. I think... Uh, Lunella Lafayette, Moon Girl is gonna is gonna be around for a long time, and I think she's gonna get pretty big. Yeah, it's gonna be. It's like like you said about Kamala Khan. It's like Peter Parker all over again. It's gonna be that that metaphor almost, you know, for growing mm-hmm. up. And it's, well, it's Kamala Khan's so. showing up in her book in the uh, issue ten. That's the next issue. We'll be yeah. seeing Kamala and Moon Girl, uh, Lunella together. And uh, I would personally like to see Lunella and Riri Williams, the new Iron Man, together. That'd be great. I think, I think that would be pretty awesome. So that's I'm hoping to see that. I know uh I know uh uh I think Brandon Montclair said recently on Twitter that they've got some plans for Lunella to meet quite a few people in the Marvel universe, so I'm hoping uh that's another one of them. Cool. It's a funny thing with uh both uh, Moon Girl and Miss Marvel. The um the issues are doing well. They they do very well digitally and they do very well in terms of the sales of the trade paperback, but the brick and motor sales, uh the actual issues aren't as high. It suggests that it's it's more popular amongst uh newer readers who are uh getting their comics in different formats as opposed yeah. to just going to the comic shop and buying comics there I think arguably and you know don't take this the wrong way guys but younger readers as well no I'm um, not taking that the wrong way at all <laughs> I, was oh. just, I was just joking because I feel like the baby on this podcast but well you are <laughs> but it's yeah no it's just kind <laughs> okay. of the fact that that, that that people are changing and people are sort of taking digital as a new sort of the new form of comic books essentially which is it's quite interesting to see but um Speaking of new comic books, uh, well, kind of new comic books, digital comic books, but uh, moving on to Mosaic, who is an up-and-coming character in the Marvel Universe. Uh, he's a new... He's a, a, I'll start again. He's a character called Mosaic. He's called Morris Sackett, uh, a professional basketball player and celebrity, apparently. Um... And that one is written by Jeffrey Fawn, art by Carey. I can't can't pronounce that. Is it Carey Randolph? Carey Randolph. Carey Randolph. Um, and yeah, it's, great it's, artist. Oh, I, I have to admit, I've never heard of them. Is it, is it? He's done a lot of artwork for Image Comics. This will be his big debut for Marvel, and um, okay. he's going to make. I a like big the splash. artwork in the preview. Yeah, I mean it's it's quite an interesting one because Mosaic's kind of got this weird power where he's able to jump from person to person. It's it's in a way it's kind of like the power for um, for Moon Girl almost in being able to transfer her consciousness into somebody else. But this is almost like a like jumping from person to person like a ghost. Um, from this is what Marvel have said anyway. Um, and yeah, there's not a lot to really say about it because it's kind of. It's, it hasn't happened yet. Yeah, it hasn't happened yeah. yet. So. Well, Marvel has mentioned him being an anti-hero. And from what I have seen of the guy, um, he doesn't seem like he's 
exactly the nicest person, but here you, but I have to wonder, like, if he was this big, famous basketball player, and it turns out that because of what he can do from hopping from body to body, that's how he survives. He actually doesn't have a body anymore. Hmm. So does the NBA, is he marked as missing? Like, what's... I don't know. We'll see. What's going on there? I mean, I don't know. But he, he doesn't, like, the, the impression I got from him is he seems kind of um, like a bit of a, excuse my language, but it's the only word I can use. He seems like a bit of an ass. <laughs> see, the thing is, though, is that, yeah, I, I have just read that because it's, it's, um, it's what Marvel have kind of put out, that he, that he doesn't have a body anymore. But how can you portray somebody that doesn't have a body and uses bodies of others? Other than well, that's theory. something that you can do in comic books. They, yeah, it's kind well, of can show his well, astral form or his well, ghost yeah, form. I think uh, it's, it's it's more the idea that he's becoming an, an anti-hero and he's not a nice person anyway. But I think giving him that kind of power, you're kind of just well, his power is really similar in the first arc of All New Inhumans. You had the um, what's his name, son, who or not his son, but he um. There was another Inhuman with a similar power. They called him the Living Dream, yeah. and he took over Hub and all new Inhumans. So that's a really similar power to this other Inhuman who eventually wound up taking over the unconscious well, body of the yeah, it's kind of... the Commissar. Yeah, that's the word. Yeah, it's kind of. But the character he's most like is a DC character called Dead Man, um, who also doesn't have a body and only can function by jumping into the forms of other people, whether it be Superman, Batman, or someone else. Um, but whereas Dead Man is this sort of tortured, neurotic soul who is, you know, always looking for the way out of this, um, I get the sense with Mosaic that he's actually enjoying himself. Um, kind of going on uh, joyrides, yeah. taking over other people, learning what they learn, what they know, and and uh, just laugh. So, uh, so if um, if Moon Girl's the smartest girl in the Marvel universe, then if Mosaic takes over Moon Girl's body, then then you've got the new. Oh God, that would just be messed up. <laughs> well, yeah, but it would be the uh, the new most powerful, uh, not powerful, most you know cleverest Marvel. A hero, well, anti-hero in this case. Well, I, you know, I'm, I, I, I'd stop short on anti-hero. I think that it's uh, it remains to be seen what kind of character he's going to be. Um, you know, to be an anti-hero, you really have to have a lot of um, stake in the status quo. And I don't think he does. You know, I don't think he really looks at uh, the way things are and is, is very happy with it. Um, so he has no problem disrupting things yeah that's true okay. and an important facet to this comic and I th- something that makes it very interesting is this uh, one of the few uh, mainstream comic books that uh, for which the both the writer and main artist are um, African American um, and I, th- I I hope that they really let that be a huge facet to the comic in and of itself yeah, that's uh, that's that's true. Um, I suppose I suppose the the other the other comic book that kind of does that is currently is it Black Panther? Yeah. Yeah. Black Panther. Well, yeah, and then um, Iron Man, Iron uh, Power Man, and Iron Fist. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's very true. Um, 
Yeah, so is that is that all the characters we've got to go through, or is there one, I one think or two that's, more? I mean, um, we can go. One last them. one character of note, I think, is is Quake, yes. or Daisy Johnson, yes. and I think she's uh, quite prominent because of her uh, role on the TV show Agents of Shield. Um, she's this uh, high-ranking agent in this governmental spy agency called Shield, and uh, she possesses like seismic earthquake powers. Um, he first showed up in the miniseries Secret War and then the subsequent series Secret Warriors and she had actually had not initially been revealed as an inhuman uh, that was changed when her television counterpart on the TV show Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. which is portrayed by actress Chloe Bennett, she went through terrogenesis and hence gained her earthquake-like powers Subsequently, they retconned the Marvel Universe Daisy and made her an Inhuman as well. Um, she's currently showing up in the comic book version of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and makes periodic cameos in some of the other Inhuman books. I didn't realize it was retconned so recently, to be honest with you. I thought it was retconned. Yeah, I thought it was retconned actually earlier than that, but I guess not. Yeah. I, I, I'm not certain. I mean, because yeah, because I was th- I was thinking that I know they in the show that they kind of changed her um, origin to being the the daughter of Mister Hyde. I don't know whether that's the same in the comics now, but yeah, that's how it was originally in the okay, comics. Oh, um, and, okay, but maybe her powers came from the all of the experimentation that her father had done on himself. Yeah, that, ri- that maybe that altered his genes in some way. Yeah, that rings a bell. Um, at least, yeah. But I mean, I didn't realize it was actually changed in the comic books. That was the that's the weird thing. Yeah. All I'm going to say, and I always think of it all the time, I'm just saying, Quake, Crystal, and Gorgon together, causing an earthquake. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. That would be terrifying. You want to keep them away from the state of California. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yes, yeah, so, I mean, I mean, Quake is such a, such quite, a, it's quite an interesting character, actually, due to the fact that she is a, an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um... Especially... She's the Inhuman Shield liaison, actually. She, um, yeah. she's the one who deals between the two. Yeah, and and Chloe Chloe Bennett is um very good looking. She's fun. Oh, she's a lot <laughs> she's of wonderful. fun. She originally was a, uh, a pop Chinese star. Pop star. In... Chinese pop star. China uh, had a singing career and everything. Um, That's cool. She, uh, I, I guess she took on her mother's name because uh, it helped her get roles um, or maybe her father's name or whatnot um, uh, in America so she, yeah. she, she does kind of share the same, similar sort of um, sort of not upbringing but kind of a similar sort of, oh what's the word um, well similarities I suppose between the, her and the actual character she's playing and the fact that she was born to an American person under, you know, a, was it Chinese, did you say? Chinese person. Yeah. 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 yeah that's quite cool. It's quite yeah, she's, good. she's, she's, she, and she always gives a good interview. She's just a lot of fun. They, they picked a good person to play Daisy Johnson. <laughs> yeah, I think they did with um, all the characters in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., to be quite honest with you. Mm-hmm. Do Marvel like... doesn't make mistakes in casting. No, absolutely not. I, and they have done a great job with that show. I, I, I love it. I mean, I've been watching it since. I would like to say I've been watching it since the first episode, but I watched the first one and then the subsequent four or five, and then I just got bored and I ended up sort of rewatching <laughs> it. And um, I sort of powered through it and got to the Civil War, uh, the Captain America Winter Soldier, even um, got to those uh, 
crossover episodes. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's a good series. I, I recommend watching it um, on Netflix because the amount of ads there are on ABC. Oh, is it on Netflix? I can't get through it. Um, I thought you'd DVR and hit fast forward. Yeah. Even then. We'll get it on DVD when it comes out. There you go. There you go. But, uh, uh, it, it's it's struggled in the ratings, but I can't think of a more antiquated system than the Nielsen ratings. I mean, who who do you who you know who actually watches a TV show when it comes out? I do, because well, <laughs> yeah. I can't wait. See, oh, the, I guess there's one. See, see the thing is, I don't know whether it's the, I don't know what the Nielsen rating system is, but in this country, we like have there's like a a core amount of people that have like black boxes on their TV, and it records what they watch. And essentially, they they sort of populate an entire country's worth from those three or four thousand people. At least I assume that's the way it's done. I know it has how it used to be done, at least. No, I think that's the same system as used here. It's just uh, it needs to be updated. Yeah, definitely. So I think um, there are some Inhumans we need to go over that they don't have their own books, but they are supporting cast for um, particularly um, Uncanny Inhumans and All New Inhumans. I think we're just going to just do a quick rundown of who they are. We've got uh, Dante, a.k.a. Inferno, and I see what Soul did there with that name. Um, We've got Iso, uh, who can control uh, pressure. And we've got uh, Frank McGee, who is my favorite. um, who can uh, shoot light from his eyes and channel them through ch- channel that light from his eyes? He has like these glasses, and they can channel. He can channel the light from his eyes through his glasses through guns, which is kind of cool. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think because I've I've kind of seen that power somewhere, but I can't remember where it is. It's been yeah, like... not sure either. But Frank's way cooler. And um, then there's Reader, and if you want a really cool power, Reader's awesome because. Yeah. Basically, whatever he reads turns into truth, so they blinded him. But he can still circumvent that because he can read Braille, and yeah. whatever he reads Braille cards, he can rewrite. Uh, he's really powerful. Powerful. He's one to watch. Um, he, no- uh, got a really great sidekick in Fori. Yeah. Fori. Oh, okay. I love Fori. Then there's a. Uh, let's see. We've got Naja, who. We don't really know much about Naja. She her past is uh, past is still pretty mysterious, but she uh, is a very a lizard-like uh, inhuman who can uh, glide. I would think. I don't know if she can actually fly. I'm going to say she can glide, and she can turn invisible. And she's got really sharp claws, so she's kind of terrifying, but in the best sort of way. Uh, you've got uh, Flint, who can control uh, rocks. Um, and the smaller the rock is, the harder his control is. Um, there's a really great development arc going on in All New Inhumans for Flint right now. So if you want to learn more from him, about him, I recommend you pick up All New Inhumans. Uh, then also from All New Inhumans, uh, we've got Swain, who is an empath, and she's pretty awesome. And there's uh, Panacea, is that how you say it, Pan? Who, I see uh, Yeah, she's this blue person she turned blue from terrogenesis and she's really cool looking but she can heal but she doesn't have seems to have any sort of emotion going on so that's a really interesting inhuman to keep an eye on uh who else am i forgetting uh grid yes and he can control a uh, grid has uh, uh some sort of connection to the uh, magnetosphere he can control electromagnetic pulses and um it's not entirely sure what the power is, but it's kind of like magnetic control. Uh, he has no hands, um, and he uses uh, 
magnetic ability to create these uh, robotic hands, and he can shoot out this radiating electromagnetic that can fry computers or knock people out. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Griff's got That's a about. really interesting power. Um, talking of, I suppose, is there any other characters you're going to mention? So I was just about to say. I don't think so. I just wanted to go through the supporting cast a little bit just so people know who they are. Oh, okay. Also, in, in Uncanny Inhumans, they, uh, they've, not an Inhuman, but they've made uh, Johnny Storm, the Human Torch of the Fantastic Four, a uh, a cast member. He's currently romantically involved with Medusa, a very oh. odd pairing, but it's been interesting to see. Um, the Beast, or Hank McCoy from the X-Men, is a sort of background character. He's come to New Adelan to try and discover a means of curing uh, the deleterious effects that the Terrigen cloud has had on the mutant populace. Yeah, and, and, and sorry, just sorry to cut in there. It's just kind of um, he kind of joined the Inhumans after um, the, the trial of the trial of Hank McCoy. Written mm, right, he's written had a Bendis. bad go of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he has. But um, you know, we're, we're and last but out. certainly not least, one of my favorite Inhumans, uh, Black Bolt and Medusa's son, Ahura. Um, has very powerful psychic abilities and can uh, create these astral tools of himself um, and all sorts of uh, I wonder if we're ever going to see Luna. <laughs> Luna hasn't shown up yet. His, his cousin, Crystal's uh, daughter, Luna, we don't know where she is. Yeah, I was going to say Hopefully she'll show up soon. I was going to say earlier when I asked about um, Quicksilver and, you know, when you were talking about Quicksilver and, and Crystal, it was just the idea that somebody said that somebody mentioned that um, you know they hadn't seen her since like, way before se- uh, Secret. She Wars. was an X Factor. She okay, showed up. Yeah. She was an X Factor with um with Quicksilver. I actually did read that arc, and um, she was an X Factor with uh, Quicksilver and uh, Crystal came together, and there was a little bit of a, a scene there. But yeah. uh, last we saw uh, Luna, I think was still with Quicksilver. Le- Crystal let her stay for a little while longer. If, and, I don't and, know what's happened since. And uh, yeah, I would recommend that Orno X Factor arc. Just, just saying, it was quite a good arc. That was the Peter David run. That was really good stuff. Yeah, it was. Um, so yeah, do you, you, you uh, should we carry on on to recommended books? Recommended reading. We've recommended yes. some of them already. Um, obviously, uh, a must read is uh, like I said earlier was is Inhuman by Paul Jenkins and Jai Lee. Um, that's like your basic introduction to the Inhumans. It explains everything you need to know about the royal family. The art is fantastic. The story is fantastic, and it's just fantastic. You should get it. Yeah, it was recently re-released, so you can find it just about anywhere. Um, it's awesome. It is uh, one of the best books Marvel's put out in the last decades for sure. It's also um, on um, the Marvel One Nights DVD as well. So I've got the oh. DVD. Good to know. Um, and you it's like a sort of a quasi cartoon. It's not quite animated, but a yeah, little bit. Yeah, it's basically somebody reading the comic book to you. Oh, that's uh, not cool. Yeah. Um, cool. Any of these two, if you can't find the print version, um, they should all be available on Marvel Unlimited. So definitely handy tool for anything you want to catch up on. Worth the money. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd personally recommend. Um, Infinity, and then subsequently Inhumanity, which I think sort of spiraled out of Infinity. Um, Infinity kind of almost reintroduces the Inhumans to the Marvel Universe, almost because it was, I believe, in Infinity was was kind of like the, the whole setup for the new 
sort of status quo of the Marvel Universe, um, in a way, anyway, because that was the start of the big push of the Inhumans. Um, and then Inhumanity was kind of, it was focused on a couple of different characters, and, and Karnak was reincarnated, I believe. So <laughs> that, um, that well, was sort of the other way around, but... Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. But it was... Karnak died at the beginning of in humanity and then okay. he was resurrected at the end of yeah. inhuman he, re- he re- resurrected himself technically speaking yeah because that was a flawed experience <laughs> I, re- I, I, remember, I remember reading Ooh. this but it's just getting the order right that's all the the resurrection of karnak the 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 less said, the better, because it was one of the more bizarre scenes I've ever yes. seen in a comic book. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I loved it. I thought it was hysterical. But but yeah, <laughs> th- those two books, I do actually, I genuinely, oh yeah, of course, yeah, because Inhumanity had him jumping out the window. Sorry, um, but yeah, th- those those two sets of books were pretty good. Um, I have to say. Yeah, Infinity is a great book. No one does big scale cosmic outre sci-fi like uh, Jonathan Hickman. It's uh, a really a fun read. Yeah. Uh, Great so, art, yeah. too. Yeah, do, so, do you, what do you recommend, Doc? Well, I'll go back to By Right of Birth by uh, Nocente and Blevins. I think that is um, such a, a wonderful book. Um, I like that quite a lot. And, um, you know, it, it, it's kind of partially connected, but... Um, Matt Fraction's run on FF, which starred Medusa alongside uh, Ant-Man and She-Hulk and uh, Darla Deering, um, that uh, I think it only ran for about 16 issues, but they're all 16 issues are just a joy to read. And it, you know, there's two trade paperbacks, and I recommend both of them. See, the funny thing um. is, it wasn't Matt Fraction. He was kind of uh, he was meant to write the whole Inhuman run, wasn't he? Until um, so he wrote the first issue, I believe, didn't he? And then, and then it got passed over to Charles Soule. It's still not entirely clear what happened. I think he had a vision for what he was going to do, and Marvel wanted something quite different, and uh, they decided to part ways amicably. I mean, it, no one's feelings were hurt, but uh, um, I, 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 I'm quite curious as to what would have happened had Fraction read Britain in, as originally planned. As it stands, though, Charles Soule stepped in and he did fantastic work, especially uh, considering that he came in so late to the game. Uh, yeah, yeah all... the, the massive delays on that book were, uh, let's be honest, they were well worth the wait. Um, mm-hmm. you know, between the delays two... were because of the artist. Oh, were they? Oh, okay, fair enough. That's... Yeah, but even, he even, who even shall so, not be named. I'll say even so, they were quite. Ryan they were quite well. didn't he do the art for that book? He no, he 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 came in after uh, oh. Joe Maderia Mad, uh, kept Mad, on missing deadlines. Maderera, oh. oh man, I like the guy's art a lot, but he's just just enough. Oh. Yeah, I mean, I I can't uh-huh. draw, so what am I to say? I, I don't. <laughs> anyway. Um, so other books that are kind of a must read um, that kind of sucked me in as well, um, Secret Invasion in Humans that kind of takes place at the end of Secret Invasions. Um, they kind of got to rescue uh, Black Bolt because he's a scroll. They realize he's a scroll and they're like, oh, crap. Uh, so they got to go rescue him. And that bleeds into War and Realm of Kings by Dan Abnett and Andy Lanning. And um, that is a fantastic arc. That's way out there. Cosmic stuff between the Shi'ar and the Kree and... There's a whole, whole political 
I can't even begin. It was just really good, and you need to read it. Yeah. And it's also, if anyone is has a, is a, a big fan of Crystal, like I am, that is the last arc until All New Inhumans that we actually see Crystal in, believe it or not, short of that cameo of uh, in uh, X-Factor. We don't see Crystal for quite a long time. She kind of disappears for a while, and Crystal's my favorite, so that's one of my favorite arcs. I thought your favorite was, uh, was Frank. Well, Frank's my favorite new human. Crystal's yeah. my favorite all of them. I love Frank, though. Yeah, he's my favorite that's, that's fair enough. He's, he's, a, he's a cool character. But, uh, but yeah. Adam, am I right in assuming that Black Bolt is your favorite? Um, yes, I'd say so. But, I, I mean, just just the whole the whole new humans um, team is actually really quite cool. Um, you know, Crystal, like like, uh, like Saren said, is a really cool character. So... Yeah, I'm kind of. I don't tend to pick favorites, but Black Bolt probably would be up there in my top ten or top five, maybe even top three if you if you had to push. <laughs> so. Oh, Crystal's definitely in my top three. I love her. I yeah. think she's a badass, and I think she's often underestimated. Oh, definitely. I think my my top three would definitely involve Crystal, Black Bolt, and probably Reader. To be honest with you, I think Reader is probably. He's a fun character. He, yeah, I think he'd edge it slightly because he's just such a. It's, it, he can be so varied because you know just the fact that you know he's a disabled guy. <laughs> and I, I, I shouldn't laugh at that, to be honest with you. I, I, I laugh in all the wrong places, but um, yeah, no, he's he's a great character, and uh, I'm really enjoying his stuff. Really, and it's a shame he hasn't had a lot more of the limelight, which is saying something because he's using majority of the Inhuman arc and the Uncanny Inhuman stuff. Well, it's a, it's a problem with the books. I mean, there are so many great characters, and yeah. you know, any one any one character gets the spotlight, it means that several others aren't, and um, that's a hard economy to uh, to manage because um, there are just too many good characters. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you know, it it begs a question because if uh, this is me being really, really pessimistic, but we've already got Daredevil, do we uh, do we need another blind hero? And, yes, uh, we do because yes, we Daredevil do. and Reader need to team up because that will be freaking amazing. Yeah. Are you kidding? Yeah, that actually <laughs> genuinely would. I would love to see that. Uh, Charles will make it happen. You write both books. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think a Daredevil Reader team up would be great. And yes, we do need more than one blind character. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I think because and they're so they're so varied as well. Because I mean, Daredevil is kind of you know he's got his Netflix series and that sort of stuff at the moment, but Reader. They could do so much with. I mean, they've attempted something similar to Reader, um, and, uh, and and basically on on the Agents of Shield. Even sorry, I, was, I was sort of lost my track of. Oh yeah, they had a character. Um, uh, the oh, Gor- had- Gordon Gordon, who looked a bit bit like Reader. Yeah, and it was um, kind of it was kind of he ha- he he basically had Nightcrawler's abilities, so. It was a bit, bit weird, but yeah. So, any any more recommendations, guys? Yes, it's a hard book to find in print, but you can definitely find it online. Um, uh, Silent War uh, by um, gosh, who wrote that? David Hine. Uh, Fraser Irving did the art, and it was written by help me out, guys. David Hine. David Hine, right? Yeah. It is a fantastic book. It's about um, uh, the a big cachet of Terrigen crystals had been stolen by Quicksilver. They ended up in the hands of the U.S. government, and uh, the Inhumans kind of go to war with the U.S. government to get them back. Um, and it 
it doesn't end up very well, but it's it's superbly done with excellent art. Highly recommended. Yeah, and that is definitely on Marvel Unlimited because I just found it the other day. So it's there. Once again, guys, <laughs> Marvel Unlimited, worth the money. Yeah, I mean, in, 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 <laughs> this is all secretly an ad for Marvel. Unlimited. It is. Well, I mean, we are just talking about Marvel properties the whole way through. So let's be honest, it is basically a Marvel ad. Um, but um, yeah, Marvel Unlimited, even in the UK, it's like £7 a month, which is the, the equivalent of basically two comic books. So yeah, go for it. I, I, there's uh, Throughout uh, John Byrne's run on Fantastic Four, there are several stories that focus on the Inhumans. Those are all worth reading. Um, Maybe we can put uh, a link to a, a, a chronology or reading list on the website because um, there's really too many to list. Yeah, we will have to get on that because the website is uh, is currently a bit of a work in progress. So we will um, we will make some more pages and link them to you in the description. But um, yep, I think we're uh, getting towards we're getting towards the end of the show now. <laughs> Yep, and uh, we have some uh, coats to give away. Yes, um, giveaways. I have the whole first arc of All New Inhumans. Um, first come, first serve to email um, Atalan Rising at, what was uh, it, Outlook.com? Outlook.com, Atalan Rising at Outlook.com. Um, email Atalan Rising at Outlook.com, and you will, the first person to uh, email, uh, put, hey, episode codes or something in the subject line and yeah, just, uh, just we'll say... get you those codes to you and you will get the whole first arc of all new Inhumans. Yeah, so, the uh, second person to write in will get all you... five, I uh, know, four issues thus far of the Karnak series in digital code. Um, so, again, to us at atalanrising at dot com and uh, put in codes in the subject line and you will be receiving those shortly. Yes. Also, send us uh, letters saying what you think and what subject matter you would like us to address, because we'll be happy to do so. Yeah, because we've got we've got a massive list as it is. So, um, but also <laughs> also just feedback on the episode because this is probably our first this is our first ever podcast. Um, we <laughs> this is probably about the third attempt that we we did to start it, and luckily we've gone all the way through now, so that's good. 